happy Mother's Day, everybody, to all the mothers out there, ones that are natural birth or not, ones that have had their blood families, ones that have acquired families, ones that have shown love to someone or another, been a spiritual mother. Happy Mother's Day to you all on this beautiful day. It is me. It is me, the big old CBC, Steve Castellanovo, bringing you the Heal and Face podcast, the podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heal Turn Wrestling. And uh, let me say, it was a beautiful day. I uh, had the pleasure of spending it with my wife. Get you a wife that wants to watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as her Mother's Day gift. So um, that's what we got. We took her out. Uh, It was a fun time and uh, glad I saw it. I'm here right now, refreshed, ready to go to talk about pro wrestling with you. And there is a there's no way I can do it unless it's without you. So I really do thank you for joining me today. Uh, a little bit late, later than usual, but we're here. I'm alive. Where am I? And we're here uh, to talk about what went on this week. I took a little pause last week and uh, came back. There is going to be a secret uh, edition of the Heal and Face podcast that will be posted to your favorite podcast streaming platform as well as this one. So. Uh, fear not, true believers. I know I'm in the Marvel mode, but we are going to uh, have a huge weekend discussing pro wrestling at most of the levels and with the interest that you deserve the fans. So there's only one way that I know that you are with me on every page, every facet, everything that has to do with professional wrestling. You gotta comment on the show. That's right. Like, share, comment below. Go to the pages, do the things. You can follow me on all my social media, not just on Facebook or Twitter. Anywhere you feel comfortable going, anywhere you want to explore other social media options, just call my name and I'll be there. Or just pretty much uh, type Heel and Face Podcast into the search and uh, that'll work too. So thank you for joining me. Chime in if you want to. We're going to talk a lot about um, what happened news-wise in the world of professional wrestling this week. Uh, As you know, I like to dabble in MMA and I like to dip my toe, so to speak, into boxing. We're going to have a quick boxing story and a quick uh, MMA story because once again, the worlds are bleeding together just like And by the way, spoiler free, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, but uh, you may know anyway, just like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there are different universes that are colliding together on top of each other. And boxing and MMA are doing just that with professional wrestling. But before we get to that, um, let's just uh, rip this uh, Band-Aid right off. Let's just get this sad, depressing, disgusting topic out of the way so we don't have to worry about this anymore. She will be a guest of the state of Florida, hopefully, for the rest of her life. And I don't really say that type of thing about people. I'm not really that drastic about it. But, um, but here we are. This is where we got to. And over the last week, 
embattled former pro wrestler Tammy Lynn Sitch has been charged with nine felonies, including DUI, manslaughter, driving with a revoked license, and seven counts of damage to persons or property via DUI. So uh, this is this is it. As you know, the last time we uh, we spoke about her, uh, she had caused the DUI incident. Uh, the victim was instantly, oh no, the victim uh, was taken to the hospital but uh, died en route. And uh, miraculously, she was able to walk away, admitted herself into the hospital, and then uh, promptly after uh, everything was fine, she uh, took herself out of the hospital. Well, her uh, demons have now come to overtake her. And she is now being charged with nine felonies. And given her age, uh, there is a strong inkling that she will never see the light of day again. And it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Now, before you go on and say, well, she was never like this. Yes, I understand. Uh, She was one of the rare teetotalers in professional wrestling. She was one of the ones who stood uh, on the sideline while many, including her fiance, uh, Chris Candido, indulged in a little bit too much of drinking and drugs and all that. Uh, She was the one who found a way to hold off on it until uh, she couldn't bear anymore. And I also understand she's had a lot of tragedy in her life. Again, like uh, the death of Chris Candido, nowhere to go not really knowing anything but pro wrestling. I understand all that, but there's other sad, unfortunate things that have happened to pro wrestlers like that. And not to this extent, not to this extent. Um, Unfortunately, she's trapped in addiction. She's trapped in her abuse and violence cycle. And there's really no way for her to get out of it. And and, And the only way for her to escape is through incarceration. Uh, She can no longer control herself, and now it is the state's responsibility to control her. So, unfortunately, uh, her past kind of, or her present kind of supersedes her past. Um, One DUI is a DUI way too many. I've said this before uh, for the Usos as well, so it's not like I'm picking on her. Uh, But, unfortunately, uh, people are dying every time she gets behind the wheel. And it's got to stop. And I hate the fact that she is in such a bad state with her addiction that this is happening. But she's also been given multiple opportunities to dry out. She went into the WWE wellness program for any wrestler who's ever wrestled for them. She's taking advantage of that. And apparently it not stick, uh, did not stick. So, uh, you know, it just it is what it is. And unfortunately, like so many people that I personally know, um, she's uh, going to get the help that she finally needs. But uh, it's not before it's too late. So unfortunately, Tammy Lynn Sitch will be spending the majority of her years, her retirement years in state prison behind bars. And, you know. No one, no one uh, is happy that this happens, but uh, we do need uh, 
someone who can't control themselves off the streets. Well, <laughs> uh, there's no real good uh, segue there, so I'm not even going to attempt one. Uh, but I am going to talk uh, briefly about this. And no, I am not breaking my code. I am still resolute. I am still stalwartly avoiding uh, talking about it. Remember, I said in the past that I would only report on AEW if it was worth reporting. So we can go ahead and talk about it. The forbidden door is open. Are we talking so much about the forbidden door? Is it even forbidden anymore? Okay. Is it even a door anymore? So AEW has now just announced their cross promotion with New Japan Pro Wrestling to be able to showcase wrestlers from both uh, promotions in Chicago at the United Center during the AEW New Japan collab called The Forbidden Door. I am not going to comment any more on this except for the fact that it's unfortunate that this is happening because I would love to go see New Japan wrestlers live, but I don't think I want to give Tony Khan any of my money anytime soon, so I remain resolute despite the fact that it would be really cool to see uh, New Japan wrestlers in the United States. Uh, I just can't see myself supporting AEW, so there it is. And you call me petty, and you can call me old uh, bum, a uh, WWE honk or whatever. Call me any of those things, but uh, I still remain uh, unaffected by AEW. All right, so moving on from that, as I mentioned, we um, are going to uh, talk a little bit about the other mixed martial arts out there, and one that uh, had an interesting turnout that I, I just want to comment real quick. And again, um, I'm not commenting on these from uh, uh, from a position of deep knowledge about it. I try to avoid talking about things if I didn't watch it or if I'm not really paying attention to it. So I know that there uh, were some boxing results last night and some MMA results last night. And let's let's just again just gloss over them as far as a news article goes and not really uh, get in in deep about it. Although. This is a perfect opportunity for you because I know that there are wrestling fans out there who bleed over into boxing and bleed over into MMA. There's like a whole combat sport triangle in this uh, great United States, a lot of crossover fans. So if you have anything that you uh, want to talk about, anything that uh, you know or you want to share some of your expertise in the realms of boxing or MMA, please comment below. Please like and share this and talk to me about the sports of boxing and MMA. Let's go over the results from last night, which was kind of an upset in the making. So uh, Dimitri Bivol upset Canelo Alvarez by decision yesterday to win the belt. And the controversy stems from who's next. 
Uh, and this is where, again, you helping me fill in the gaps comes into play because I don't, for the life of me, know why uh, Canelo would have picked up this fight. I understand Canelo in the past has taken multiple uh, fights. I know that he uh, likes to take on all comers. Didn't he, one, one time, didn't he have like uh, almost 70 fights or something like that, some crazy uh, number of fights in a year? No, 20 or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. I just know that he was fighting a lot for a while. And now uh, he uh, kind of caught somebody. A uh, young up-and-comer, uh, Dmitry Bivol from Russia. So uh, uh, Russia is a totally different, uh, you know, different vein to take. But that happened, and the only thing really to report, or the only thing really to comment on or question is, is that does this throw a wrench in the plans for Canelo and Triple G, the trilogy? Uh, Dimitri uh, Bivol thinks so, because in his press conference, he specifically said that. Matter of fact, he looked over at Eddie Hearn and said, uh, I guess I ruined the plans for the trilogy, didn't I? Now, uh, Canelo did say he would immediately invoke his rematch clause. So does that mean, again, that uh, the trilogy gets pushed back to where they can finally work it in, where Canelo can possibly get the belt back and, uh, and fight Triple G for it? Who knows? Um, maybe Triple G swoops in and beats Bevel and takes the belt. And now you've got... Um, another uh, situation on on your hands. So who knows what's going to happen? This is kind of a shakeup in the boxing world, and it would be uh, interesting to see uh, what the outcome is. Uh, looking forward to uh, the trilogy, even if it isn't for the belt. Maybe it is for the belt. Maybe they pull a WWE thing and have the two number one contenders fight to be able to uh, go for the championship belt. So. Who knows? But uh, that was uh, one way that the beloved sport of professional wrestling interwove its way into boxing. But let's talk about how it interwove into the world of MMA and UFC last night, which uh, is even more interesting. So once again, if uh, Dana White is claiming how much better he is per se because uh, he's UFC instead of WWE or or whatever um, then he's got to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen or if it does uh, completely cancel the fight so last night at UFC 276 Oliveria defeats uh, Gagey uh, but he is not given the belt and on the kind of uh, co-main event card, uh, Carla Esparza uh, defeats Doug Rose by decision. Now, each one of those is a story in and of itself, but both of them on the same night for a big pay-per-view. Uh, again, I didn't get to watch it, but I knew it was big. I knew it was big. So why have these decisions they were very curious a lot of critics were uh questioning what was going on um just to back up um 
what everybody uh, was saying. So uh, let's get to the uh, Rose, uh, Namajunas, and uh, Carla Esparza fight, first of all. Um, there wasn't a lot of action. People were saying that this is probably the lowest uh, amount of action they had seen in a women's uh, fight in general uh, far in and the other wild thing was that uh, Rose fought mostly a defensive fight and uh, only kind of turned it on at the end when she needed some points but it was too little too late the judges decided that um, Esparza wanted it more and gave it to her and apparently from reaction from the crowd uh, they were booing her but I think they were more or less booing the win or booing the way she won and not exactly booing her uh, in a very rare instance uh, Doug Rose did not go after her opponent as you know or if you're a fan of hers like me thug rose got her name because she was always moving forward uh disciplined controlled yet always aggressive uh ran through the division got the belt didn't like she looked like she was ever going to lose it and she loses it to lost it to asparza uh, with uh, very limited offense. So that's one of the uh, curious sides to what happened last night. Uh, and the other one, of course, is uh, Charles Oliveria, who did beat Justin Gaethje. So that is that, and that's legit, and that's what happened. However, on Instagram the night before, uh, Gaethje, because he likes to uh, run his mouth, posted him on a picture of him on his scale weighing himself. And he was underweight. So he was perfect to go. And he even said, uh, I added uh, 10 pounds while uh, Oliveria couldn't even drop a half a pound. So in the lightweight division, uh, because they did not match and Oliveria won, here comes, like an RKO out of nowhere, former WWE champion vacant. That's right. Former WWE champion vacant has made his way to mixed martial arts and UFC and the UFC has declared the lightweight belt to be vacant. Oliveria won, but he could not make the weight. Gaethje didn't lose the belt. He lost the fight. So that makes things a little interesting in UFC. I'm sure they're going to have a top four uh, tournament to get it back. I'm sure as, as long as uh, uh, Oliveria... Uh, sheds a couple more pounds he'll qualify but who knows they could probably take the top four and they could probably put them in a mini tournament i'm done with having interim belts in ufc i think that needs to chill for a while i think just vacate the belt put people in a four-person tournament over the next uh couple of uh pay-per-views and see what happens so again 
the wild world of professional wrestling making its way to UFC. I transitioned quickly. Sorry, I had a picture back up there, but it was the same picture, so don't worry about it. Um, but pro wrestling has woven its way into the into the psyche, into modern uh you know, culture of America. Everybody's trying it. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Um, and even guys who are trying to start up their own promotion, unlike some who just have their parents' disposable income and just basically sign anybody that may or may not be on the free agent market. A second generation uh, entertainer is actually going to come in and hopefully do something right, do something interesting. So on his social media, Twitter and Instagram, Actor, writer, and producer Freddie Prince Jr. is actively seeking to start his own wrestling promotion. He even posted a picture of himself on his social media talking about finding locations and talking to the right people. On his Wrestling with Freddie podcast on Wednesdays, Freddie Prince Jr. announced that he will be looking for uh, people starting to put the ideas and the notions together to form his own professional wrestling outfit. And he's got some great ideas. He wants to include... Um, well, professional setting, obviously, he wants to secure a home base. He wants to secure a location that he's interested in. It is going to be based out of L.A., hiring professionals off top. And here's the interesting thing that might shake up some things in the uh, industry. He plans to get all of his wrestlers into the union. That's right, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG. For those of you who aren't familiar with what the Screen Actors Guild is, SAG is basically the actors' union. And um, for a brief moment, I was considering doing voiceover work and uh, maybe doing a little bit of uh, extra acting for a brief shiny moment. So I went to take a couple classes at a local college and they explained how SAG works. Basically you, t you get four jobs and after you get four acting jobs, uh, you're basically in the actor's union for life and you get uh, whatever benefits and whatever uh, coverage that uh, they offer. So uh, it's either SAG or after, I think after is also including uh, writers, um, uh, but also, uh, you know, the technical people like Foley and Grip and all that stuff. Uh, so that's really interesting. And that alone is going to shake up the professional wrestling uh, business. Once 
uh, wrestlers become SAG actors, then they are uh, also eligible for royalties. They're also eligible for, uh, you know, benefits. They also eligible for health care. So a lot of the things that pro wrestlers have not had the opportunity to access in the past by being a SAG actor, uh, they, they will. Now, the weird thing is, is that one, will they contribute to dues? And two, will that raise everyone else's premiums up? Who is uh, who is an actor in SAG? Because as we know, pro wrestlers get hurt a lot more than regular actors do. So there might be it might be accessing it too much. And will this create a uh, industry kind of landslide for all pro wrestlers to become SAG members? I mean, the the union would not object to it by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, will all of the indie working wrestlers, uh, will, will they be eligible for SAG? Are they going to get SAG? Now, I'm sure a couple of savvy, intelligent ones who see the long game probably already do have their SAG awards. Or they probably acted in something small. I mean, Cole Cabana was the Brooklyn Brawler in the Rocks. Uh uh, young Rock episode recently uh, that I haven't watched apparently, but he was on. So I'm I'm sure that's not his only acting gig either. So I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Cole Cabana has his SAG card by now, and I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers, if they're smart enough and see the long term goals, that they will have their SAG cards too. So it'll be very, and especially since after last year with the brouhaha between Zelina Vega saying that she supports a union. So you add all that together and you might see a shift as far as talent relations goes with um, most professional wrestling outfits. So good luck to Freddie Prince Jr. By the way, I also messaged him on on Twitter saying, you know, if he's looking for places to go in Ohio or if to, to start his promotion, I know Ohio isn't as uh, glamorous as L.A., but uh, Ohio is on fire for professional wrestling. There are not a shortage of pro wrestlers in Ohio, as you already know. So, all right. Well, I'm going to take a quick, quick minute or two to refresh to... Uh, to uh, get things situated. And uh, when I come back, uh, we'll do a uh, quick, quick, quick run through of, uh, of MLW just to catch you up and prepare for Kingston Coliseum uh, next week. But of course, we'll do a preview of tonight's WWE Backlash. So Stick around. This is the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. I'll be back in a few. All right. It's me. It's me. The big old CBC back. Thanks for hanging through the short little break. I uh, just wanted to uh, clear my head, literally clear my head, blow my nose a little bit, see if I can't get some uh, breathing. And, you know, the, the change in all of these weather and all this temperatures and all that is driving my sinuses crazy as you could probably hear but i am undaunted because i want to talk about professional wrestling with you on the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to news information and commentary on the world of professional wrestling 
brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And I want to thank you again for uh, for joining me on the show, for joining us on Heel Turn Wrestling. But the best way to thank um, me and all of us here at Heel Turn is to not only like the show, go to HC Wrestling 316 to like, share, subscribe, but it's also a great way to uh, support us by buying the t-shirt. That's right. You just go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling and you can get all of our amazing stash. That's right. All the cool t-shirts that uh, your your heart desires. You can get Billy Alexander, Franchise Takes 5 podcast. Um, I don't know what's going on. Speaking of Billy Alexander, I do not have any idea what is going on with Pinfall Wrestling Association right now. Uh, I, I, I hear there's some rumblings. I hear there's some dark forces moving around. Um, I wonder if uh, Billy Alexander can, uh, can, can handle it. Uh, I know he is the... Uh, the matchmaker extraordinaire down there, but let's just see uh, if 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 he can uh, somehow uh, uh, make this happen. But uh, he should be on the lookout. He should be uh, watching uh, his back because it seems like there are some really strange things going on down there in Pinfall Wrestling Association. We will keep you posted. Absolutely. Um, of course, you could buy heel turn wrestling's uh, shirt if you want to. You could get Alcoholic Adam, the interviewer, and a Meme God extraordinaire. But, of course, you could also buy yourself a Heel and Face podcast t-shirt. Despite what some critics on the internet may think, this shirt is dope and it is the dopest one we have. So go ahead and go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling to see all of our t-shirts. All right. Well, as I promised, we're just going to do a really quick uh, MLW, a very uh, overreaching one, just to kind of help uh, set things up for uh, uh, Kings of Coliseum. There's going to be some bad blood and nothing but mad love, or they used to have mad love. Speaking of used to having mad love, uh, the... Um, Uh, Alexander Hammerstone and um, uh, I can't think of the life. I'm sorry. My, my mind's blanking. Richard Holiday. That's right. Richard Holiday are um, in a blood feud right now. Literally blood being spilled uh, by both men. And this is once uh, solid friendship. Once a uh, rule of uh, law by the dynasty is now no more. We'll get into that in a moment. Again, I'm not going to uh, hit all of the specific details because it has been a while since I watched Intimidation Games, but I'll try to go uh, for it as best as I can. So let's just do a real quick MLW recap of Intimidation Games, which is leading us up to the pay-per-view next week. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this There was a huge debut in MLW recently. Um, 
and it wasn't the uh, return of Marc Saint Laurent to uh, MLW, even though he was a commentator before. He is now going into a role of a uh, a a, uh, a microphone, a mouthpiece, an advocate, so to speak, of the biggest little wrestler in pro wrestling right now. The hottest international star. No, it's not Marco Stunt going back to trampoline wrestling where he belongs. No, it isn't Orange Cassidy. No, it isn't Hook or Danhausen. But the world saw the debut of Microman on uh, MLW television this week. That's right, Microman. For those of you who do not know or are unaware of the might that is Microman, Microman is being billed as the smallest professional wrestler in the world. And many have claimed that, but no one has adopted this name more than Microman. Uh, Microman has the condition of dwarfism where his head and torso are proportionate, but his arms and legs are not. Uh, Microman, I believe he is only about two and a half feet tall at the most. Uh, Microman uh, Kane uh, is a trained professional wrestler. You can tell he is a trained professional wrestler uh, by how he acts in the ring. Of course, he is not uh, working with uh, as many uh, his height and stature as he as 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 you would think he was, but he still puts on a pretty decent show. You know, for a guy who has. Um, some physical challenges. He certainly rose to the occasion in this three-man match that started off Intimidation Games with Microman Aramis and Casey Novaro filling in uh, uh, versus Ares, uh, Mini Abismo Negro, and Gino Medina with Gangrel. Gino Medina, who is uh, filling in as well. He was the mystery partner that Cesar Duran threw in at the last minute. Of course, no love loss between he, him and Aramis. Uh, a couple of weeks ago backstage, there was an issue where Medina had uh, bloodied Aramis underneath his mask. So that obviously played out in the match. Uh, you know, uh, I'm here for Aramis versus uh, Ares, to be perfectly honest, but they're going to move... Um, Aramis away from Ares and into uh, a feud with Medina, obviously. Um, it was what it was. My only criticism is that because Microman works the way he does and a lot of stuff has to be set up, but of course it's a Lucha match, so nobody really noticed. Uh, there were some nice spots, uh, some good stuff from Microman. He did uh, a, a great job, but uh, the way uh, uh, Bismuth uh, Negro and Gino Medina, uh, uh, Medina kicked 
uh, Michael Mann around the ring. Uh, that was pretty violent. Like he, uh, I think Medina at one point kicked him in the chest, and he flew backwards about two feet. So that was pretty scary. Uh, there was a spot where uh, where Micro Man had uh, Gino Medina in a head scissors, and uh, no, he had him in a headlock and grabbed Ares uh, in a head scissors and took both of them over. But it did take a little while to develop. Um, I like Casey Navarro. Uh, he's a great up-and-coming middleweight. Should be uh, really in deep with the middleweight uh, division there at MLW. Uh, the only other things, I mean, you know, it just was what it was. It was kind of an entertaining match. It was slow at times, a little sluggish at times, but... Uh, but it was okay. It was a good way to open up. There was only going to be room for two matches in this hour of Intimidation Games anyway. Again, this is just a way to introduce the world uh, to Microman before the pay-per-view. And uh, in the end, uh, Medina got the better hand of Aramis and hit the modified face buster on him. And, uh, uh, well, to get to that point, I should say Medina did what you what all heels do to babyface uh, luchadors, which is uh, to uh, scramble his mask so Aramis couldn't see, and then he hit him with the face buster. And then, of course, he rips off Aramis' mask at the end of the match. And as you know from lucha culture, that is a no-no. Uh, Aramis could not show his face, and, of course, Medina took advantage of that. So there we go. Um, the winners, Ares, uh, Mini Abismo Negro, and Gino Medina. So MLWs is actually coming up on 20 years. That's something that should be noted, which is what they talked about. Um, Myron Reed issued an open challenge to his attacker backstage. Um, uh, Alex Kane and Mr. Thomas get into it with Calvin Tankman and EJ Najuka, uh, which they're now calling their team heavyweight justice, which is okay. That's fine with me. And then next week, uh, on fusion, we are supposed to get Richard holiday and Davey Richards. And it took us right to the second match, which was uh, hammerstone versus Fatu versus Mads Kruger in a triple threat, but it really wasn't a triple threat. It was, more like an extended four-way because guess who was on commentary? That's right. Richard Holiday was on commentary for the match, and Hammerstone immediately attacked Holiday before the bell even rang. Um, the, the match starts. Kruger takes advantage, jumps Hammerstone from behind, but then uh, Fatu comes off with a Fosbury flop. Shades of AJ... Uh, Styles and or uh, Fosbury, whoever you want to link that to. Um, this was a hot start, but again, this is a hot start that you need. This is a hot start that works because if you hot shots, hot start every match, then you know no match is exciting. This is a buildup for weeks now, um, especially with the fall of Contra. Kruger's been going out on a loan. He's been trying to make deals with Cesar Duran to fight uh, Hammerstone for the belt that he believes is his. Uh, 
Meanwhile, Jacob Fatu, same situation. Fatu was making his deal with the devil to get a shot at Alexander Hammerstone. So uh, right now, Fatu, as it is, the Samoan werewolf kind of on the fence, a little bit of a tweener. We'll see how that goes. Um, and again, you don't do the high spots if you're a big dude until they mean something, and then you could go ahead and do them. With the Fosbury flop to the outside, with Kruger doing a uh, dive off the top, you don't see it often, so it's special, which is kind of what happened, and I guess I saw it on the internet, uh, when Wardlow pulled off a Hurricane Rana. You don't want to see Wardlow pulling a Hurricane Rana off every match, but you know that he can do it, and he can do it when it counts, when he's fighting bigger or dudes or dudes of the same stature as him, or when it's a big match, when it's, say, hopefully at some point for the AEW championship. But you don't blow Wardlow during her, doing Hurricane Rana's in six-man, eight-man, 12-man tag matches on elevation. So a lot of good heat exchanged between all three of the super heavyweights of MLW, so to speak. Fatu had a uh, nice uh, twisting Uranagi a la his cousin The Rock. And by the way, if Fatu doesn't get signed to WWE soon uh, to back up uh, Roman Reigns, then what are we even doing? Uh all we need is a big, tough bodyguard like Jacob Fatu to create more drama in the bloodline, and that would be amazing. But let's talk about the present. Uh, Mads Kruger hit a double choke slam on both guys. Uh, and again, like I said, he hit his stage dive. Um, uh, Kruger even hit a jackhammer on uh, Hammerstone for a one count. Uh, Hammerstone uh, is really relishing this role of being the, the, the struggling baby face. He looked good and everything. Is he channeling a little bit of the brother brother? Yes, he kind of is, but um, it works. It works for him. And, uh, you know, we still have to live with the fact that there are, in fact, Hulk Hogan fans left in the world. So we kind of have to roll through it. Um, Hammerstone got two power slams in. And he was uh, uh, about to take care of Kruger uh, when uh, Kruger gets the better hand. Uh, Kruger sets uh, Hammerstone down for a fallaway slam, which Fatu uh, followed immediately with a swanton bomb. So uh, things happen. Uh, just to fast forward a little bit, uh, there is a ref bump because there's always a ref bump. Uh, Holiday got involved, causing the ref bump, comes in, and uh, Holiday interferes, kicking Hammerstone in the face. He, Holiday comes in the ring, hits the 2008 on Hammerstone. Fatu comes in with a moonsault. By the way, this dude is doing stand-up moonsaults, so there you go. Uh, Fatu wants to, uh, it tries to get the referee up. Uh, but no, no dice. Uh, then uh, Hammerstone comes back. Uh, Fatu leaves, takes the powder. Uh, then Kruger 
uh, comes in, tries to finish Hammerstone off, but Hammerstone catches him, gets him in uh, the Nightmare Pendulum, and gets the one, two, three. So, and still, your MLW heavyweight champion is Alexander Hammerstone by pinfall. While the Samoan werewolf was making his exit, and uh, Hammerstone was celebrating his victory and also fending off Richard Holiday. Uh, we cut to the back where we see the Simone werewolf on the floor backstage and hovering over him with a very satisfied Cesar Duran is Bestia Say Say Say. So uh, Bestia coming over from being with his tag team, Mecha Wolf. And causing havoc and being on Cesar Duran's unholy side. So there is the setup for uh, uh, MLW. They're going to be having Kings of Coliseum next week. So that is something to look forward to. All right, with the uh, remaining 10 minutes or so, we are going to preview tonight's backlash and i just want to say just to be fair and just put it out there i haven't really been following the wwe product very closely i've been you know following at a distance like i said i've been watching a lot of mlw trying to reconnect with nwa i've been putting my uh my efforts uh in other places right uh so and obviously this weekend kind of threw me for a loop but uh, I will do my best because I will be watching. It's going to be starting very soon. So that's why I'm going to be over with this because everything's going to be popping off very quickly. And we want to uh, talk about the matches. So uh, here we go. The uh, opening match. Probably even on the um, buy-in show is Happy Corbin versus uh, Madcap Moss, who has made the heel turn, and uh, Baron Corbin apparently is making the baby face turn. Uh, they apparently spent a whole 10 minutes uh, just shredding each other and then just went after it, so who knows. Uh, to turn Riddick Moss heel and Corbin baby face, uh, just a lack of really of, of, of anything to do with either uh, one of those guys. So really, this is kind of a push for me. I really kind of don't care. But if this is uh, Happy Corbin's way to uh, make his way into uh, the face side of uh, SmackDown, then this is going to be it. So my prediction is going to Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin. Next match um, again, another one where not all that interested. I did see Omos smash the uh, ever-loving arm wrestling contraption that WWE is permanently built because every five years or so, guys got to arm wrestle. And, of course, Omos lost the arm wrestling competition to Bobby Lashley, so Omos took it out on him by smashing him with it, and now they have a match at WrestleMania Backlash. Hope I get it right, Vince. I apologize if I don't. 
But there's that. And my prediction is Bobby Lashley because he's on a straight up uh, baby face uh, rocket right now. And, you know, he's going to relish it. We're going to see probably see the Bobby Lashley of impact that we kind of wanted to see, but he wasn't really ready for it. By the way, he was an impact. Uh, my wife's favorite match. You probably won't watch it, but my wife's favorite match is going to be uh, AJ Styles versus uh, Heel Edge, where Damian Priest is barred from ringside. But as you guys know, that doesn't mean anything because uh, Champa will probably not be barred from ringside, and Champa will probably interfere which will uh, continue to solidify the new faction called Judgment Day. Um, I don't understand why Edge had to turn heel. I guess it's kind of uh, uh, what what you do. Um, no, no, I don't think I asked for this. I don't think a lot of people asked for this. Uh, and yet here we are. Um, and uh, Edge is... Uh, uh, a heel against AJ Styles, who's kind of white meat right now. And here we are. I don't know. Um, I would suggest that uh, AJ is going to win by some type of disqualification because, like I said, Damian Priest being barred from ringside does not mean that Tommaso Ciampa, who is just going by Ciampa now, will not be barred from ringside. So you're going to see some shenanigans there. Ciampa's going to interfere, hit the widow's bell on AJ Styles for uh, for Edge. And then tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, we're going to get the big spiel about uh, building Judgment Day with Tommaso and possibly Rhea Ripley, which is uh, kind of where things seem like they're going. All right, next match. It should be noted that it was also recently reported that there are no plans to not do anything with Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns is here to stay for a while. They even said, because he had made some comment about starting to take some time off, some time away from the ring. I think what he meant was to heal up and to catch up with his family because he's been going hard. I saw somebody post that if he was going, he's already had like 20 or 25 matches that he's wrestled so far. And if he keeps going at this rate, he may be up to close to 100 before uh, before the year's out. And that's not a good pace, especially for your champ. Plus, striking while the iron is hot. Uh, apparently, he's also getting other roles for TV, for movies, for other things, for other endorsements. So I'm not saying that the reign of terror in Roman Reigns is over, but it could possibly be slowing down to a considerable uh, size here. And RK McBro, as Matt Riddle, recently divorced Matt Riddle, uh, suggested, versus the bloodline. Uh, again, this match could have been sent, uh, in an email. Uh, I don't know why, I guess because it's, uh, WrestleMania backlash. You're just putting two of the big, uh, 
title matches together in one in one uh, bout. Um, don't really see a reason why the bloodline loses this match. They'll, they'll most likely win it. Not only that, this will set up something uh, for possible feud with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, uh, coupling with the fact that they've been teasing RK-Bro breaking up anyway, so who knows, but they have the belts, and things aren't going to change, and I'm going to predict that the Bloodline does, in fact, win tonight's match. Let's see, did I miss anything? No. Next fight, this is the double disqualification, I quit, whatever gimmick match we're going to have between Charlotte Flair, the champion, and Ronda Rousey. Uh, this might actually play to Rousey's strengths. They've finally gotten her to a place where they might actually be playing to what she can do in the ring, which is have an I quit, a legit I quit match with a legit former UFC and MMA star in Ronda Rousey. Um, I really did enjoy their match. At WrestleMania, it was one of the better ones. It wasn't the best one, and it certainly wasn't the best women's match, but it was a very good match, uh, especially with the buildup and the things that I was watching. Um, I would not be surprised if Ronda Rousey won tonight for a couple of reasons. Um, there was some talk that Charlotte may even want to take some time off to go and just get centered and come back. And there's other women that are coming in like Lacey Evans, et cetera, et cetera, that, uh, that might be able to fill the void that Charlotte's not there. So I could see this. I can totally see Ronda Rousey winning tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and predict that Ronda Rousey does in fact win tonight, which leaves us with the last match. The final backlash match, the main event of the evening, which happens to be Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. And you may think, oh, it's not a title match. It's not a payment. You know, it doesn't need to be. You know why? Because this match is going to sell tickets anyway. Uh, what a tremendous match they had for not have wrestling each had not been wrestling each other uh, for about 10 years or so. And... Uh, now that Cody's back in the fold and things are serious and, and some, some, some gestures and some ideas have been thrown about, uh, some challenges have been made, uh, you know, uh, Seth Rollins made uh, the acclamation that things didn't change that he's on top and he earned a spot and for Cody to come back after all these years is kind of disingenuous. Um, so this should be a great match. Probably be the best match of the night. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely see some of the same fire and the same energy coming from these two that came from them uh, during WrestleMania. And I'm here for it. And I hope that it happens. Uh, and this time, though, I don't see Cody Rhodes winning. Unlike at WrestleMania, I see... Seth Rollins coming up with shenanigans to win in the end, thus furthering their feud, and which is giving a nice way for Cody Rhodes to build himself up. Whether he has to gain the trust of the WWE locker room or Vince's trust or whatever, The Rock is still strapped to Cody's back, but Cody is probably more interested in making good TV. Cody's more interested in making good, compelling storylines, and a good, compelling storyline would be to knock off some of the bosses to get to the final boss, which would be Roman Reigns for the title that 
Cody himself said his father deserved to have all those years ago. So my prediction is, is tonight Seth Rollins is going to win. Not going to do any damage to Cody. Cody will be right back. And Cody will probably be popping into it with a uh, – they'll probably stretch this out until uh, maybe even SummerSlam. Who knows? Uh, just to just to get things uh, closer to uh, where they are uh, and uh, have a great feud between the two guys uh, to culminate with the big blow-off that puts Cody in the uh, heavy uh, World Heavyweight Championship position that he deserves. All right, so that's uh, my predictions for Backlash, and I hope you enjoyed them, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I gotta go. I just wanted to let you know that uh, thanks again for joining me, and uh, just like, share, and do all the things uh, for the podcast. Uh, you can catch me on all the social medias as well, and I post the audio for this podcast uh, on uh, social media platforms and streaming services as well. So please check me out there. Thank you very much for joining me on today's show and have a great week. And uh, for the Heal of Face podcast, my name is Steve Castellanovo. And as always, peace. Peace.